0: This is Avilasha Chauhan and you are listening to Startup Tuesdays. In this episode 4, we'll chat with Pratna Johansson, who is Head of Design at SoundCloud. Topic of discussion today is UX Design. I'm sure all the founders and designers out there would find her advice really useful. If you prefer to read or watch this talk, you'll find the links below in show notes. So let's get started. Thanks so much for your time, Pratna. Please tell us a little about yourself. Okay,
1: so um, I'm Prathna Johnson. I'm head of design at SoundCloud. I've only been here for about three months. Um, I have a lot of experience in UX design in general. Uh, I've worked at different places such as Nokia, T-Mobile, um, uh, small consultancies as well, and more recently at Skype at Microsoft. Um, I'm really passionate about relationships and people and communication and using design to help connect people. Um, what I love about SoundCloud is that they're sort of the uh, one of the unique sort of innovators on connecting people through music, from creators to listeners. And I remember about seven years ago when I first found SoundCloud that I saw, um, People making comments about particular parts of music and saying, oh, they like this or this isn't a great beat. And I thought, wow, this is so unique and this is so different. Um, and so I think that because people talk about music and that's inherently how people feel connected to each other, they have a relationship. That, that's something I care so deeply about, um, especially with communications. And I think music is one of those places where it can connect others. And I think it's amazing how design can help people do that. So that's a little bit about me. So how did you get into design? Oh, okay. So ah, uh, it's kind of a long story. Um, uh, my my dad's very Indian, and he was born and raised in India, and he moved our family here. When he grew up, uh, he actually had an opportunity of being an art teacher, or going into engineering and at the time his family is very poor he had six brothers and sisters and it was better for him to go into engineering because financially it's a better option for him to support his family and um, he came to the States in about 68 69 um, came here by himself without his wife my mom and my son was born without him he stayed in the States and he came here and realized what a good life it was he brought uh, my my mom and all of her brothers and sisters, which is five, so six total, and um, all ranging my mom being 18 to the youngest being six years old, and he took care of them financially. Um, So he saw the different opportunities that you have in the States with different careers, and as I got older, he saw that I had several talents um, in design, in art, in drawing, um, but he also put a lot of pressure on me to to fulfill like the medical industry. is being very Indian in, in America. Um, our family just really feels more important to be a doctor, is more valued. At one point I applied for schools and always, I, mean, I always was naturally talented in drawing and illustration. I used to take graph paper and do patterns on the corners and match them and create more unique patterns. And I always liked craft and decoration and um, I was lucky because my dad sat me down, and I had already been accepted to school. And he said, Prathna, you have an amazing opportunity in the US. You can have a job in art and be successful. And while I would already been accepted to school, they suggested, he suggested I apply to art school. And I applied to art school, and I got accepted. And um, from there, I thought I wanted to go into motion design and 2D animation and 3D animation, because back then in 1993, they released this 3D motion film called Gates to the Mind's Eye, and it was so inspiring. I was like, I want to do that. So unfortunately, when I went to school, I was really frustrated with the technology. So we used to use these machines called, um, uh, they were not called, I I guess they're, they're Rendering machines, Softimage is the program that we used to use. So I learned and was trained in 2D animation and 3D animation, but the technology wasn't fast enough that you would have to take like two weeks to render something that you spend a lot of time with. And then only after two weeks you would realize that it's not good. (laughs) It's bad. Um, So I got frustrated. So I I ended up going back to to traditional, and um, I fulfilled a double major and did uh, at Savannah a graphic design and computer art and then i got my first job out was in branding and retail design so environmental graphics i worked on brands like dunkin donuts and uh, more local u.s brands um, like cc's pizzas i worked on their logos their application the experience that you have when you work in the environment and i think that was the first time that i really experienced ux design where you have to look at people's experience and try to craft that experience um the best that you can so they can have some type of experience Um, and i really had a lot of fun i had a lot of challenges with that company and that place because of the way that you had client facing time and being new in the industry and their preference of the type of people that would get client facing time was not who i was so i'm of color i'm ethnic Um, I'm a woman and so I didn't feel that I was given all the opportunities possible there and I thought that if I went to grad school that I would get more opportunities and I would be able to all of a sudden be creative director one day. Um, That's not quite true and what I learned in grad school was much more than I could probably ever imagine and from there on um, everything I learned in grad school which was not called UX or user experience, or what we call it today, even though it was well established at that time, like at Microsoft, you know, UX design has been around, but the word UX, you could never even ask, like, what's UX? And no one could ever answer it. I, this was probably around 2002. And, um, but I learned pretty much the basis of the more strategic design experiences, questioning why you're doing things, and not just moving patterns around on a sheet of paper. So I think that it was very pivotal for me to go to grad school and really understand users, not design things just because people told us to make it pretty, right? Really saying, what is the experience? Why are you doing it? How can you help people? So I think, that I mean, that's that's why I'm in design today.
0: What was your path to SoundCloud like? Well, I talked
1: about it a little bit at the beginning. I mean, to me, um, I could have stayed at Microsoft forever. I love Microsoft. I love Skype. I love, like I said, connecting people. I think there's something amazing about technology where you can help them communicate. You can feel, help them have relationships around something. But I also feel at the time, my job had not become challenging anymore. And the opportunities as far as how can we do things differently? While Microsoft is a really great company, I really like process and I really like reinventing process and trying new things. And I was really lucky because at Microsoft, you have a lot of opportunity to do that, but I felt that I had already tried many things and I wanted more accountability and autonomy to try new things at a smaller company. And for me, SoundCloud not only has really great Product opportunity, and I've always loved music. Um, I'm not. I don't love music as I'm not a creator of music, which is what SoundCloud's amazing for. But I like feeling good with what I listen to, and I like sharing my love of music to other people. I think that sometimes having music in the background when you're with friends or others can can make the experience even better. And so I think that this company is kind of the right opportunity with. The passion of the product and what it can offer and so much more it can offer moving forward like i think that the possibilities are limitless and we can have a lot of experiments i also think that it's grown very quickly and it's a really good place for me to experiment with different design strategies different design processes how do we motivate people how do we try new things how can we reinvent how we approach a problem and it's been kind of fun to already, even in the three months, I've already been able to kind of see a little bit of things that I see in other companies being important, but using them differently here. Like the, the use of storytelling, like how it can help a startup pitch ideas, right, internally or help people be motivated about a point of view. Um, and so already trying to instill that with the design team here. Okay. What is your it- Favorite part of the job? That's hard to say because I kind of love it all. Um, I love, I think maybe I would say I'm a people pleaser. I don't know if it's because of my culture or where I come from or my relationship with my dad and my family. But um, I think inherently as a UX designer, you're trying to please people with the products so they can love the product and use it. I also try to please the people who are working on that effort as well so how can we help people get motivated about what they do every day how do you create a culture where people are excited to come to work so I would say what I love about what I do right now is pleasing people with products and how they get to work every day and what they do like it's almost both like not only just what we deliver but how we deliver too does that make sense I don't know that's a little bit different (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. how will they explain design Mm, oh gosh
1: it's so tricky I mean I have a chart I think it makes up every part of how we can look at what people want and their needs and sometimes not even needs that they have or know that they have and help fulfill desires Um, and we help define those opportunities and maybe paint that picture and you can use any methodology for that from strategy to delivery.
0: Please tell us about some rules that you never forget to follow. Rules. Mm.
1: I think all rules can be broken. (laughs) One. Um, I do think that one thing I think because I come from traditional graphic design and more traditional fine art where you make a painting or you make a picture and it becomes a final statement, I think the one rule that I think that all UX designers should follow is that it's there's no final answer. There's no, nothing is rigid and nothing is permanent. And that in the age of digital, it's about being collaborative. It's about hearing people's point of view. It's about being almost universally diplomatic, right? At some point, um, that it's never going to be perfect. So don't try to go into your silo and try to paint this perfect picture because perfection changes over time. And, you know, people's needs change over time. Um, So getting feedback from everyone, being open to hearing people's points of view, I think is kind of the general rule I kind of have is that everything can be changed and everything can be flexible. I try to listen to as many things as I can.
0: Do you have any tools that you use on a regular basis? Tools? (laughs) <laughs> How
1: it's changed through my career. Um, you know, I think if you asked me maybe 12 years ago, I would say pen and paper and drawing. And with technology changing, I would say my phone is insanely useful because I'll sketch something and take a picture of it and upload it and put it in a PowerPoint. Um, I've gone through phases where I wireframe like crazy. Whatever tool helps you communicate a wireframe as fast as you can and I've seen people use PowerPoint to do that all the way to sketch. I prefer Illustrator because I'm still at the root of who I am an illustrator and I always think I'm painting that vision or illustrating that vision so I always like to use um, the infinite canvas or the edges and just basically do a mood board of all my thoughts on illustrator and i think if anybody opens my files they'll go what is wrong with you because that is crazy and you can't even understand it you're like what's this and oh you have to zoom out um i would say that's probably my favorite tool unfortunately or fortunately i think as companies get bigger and i think something that i see right now at soundcloud it's it's become a very small company to a large company we're almost 300 people we've we range around 300 people It's super important to be on the same page as others. So if you use a tool like Illustrator and no one else can use Illustrator, well, you can't convince people of your idea or you can't get a collection of people around the initial thought that you have. And so it's really important for us to use tools that help us be on the same page. And if it's PowerPoint, great. If it's Google Docs, great. If it's um, slides in Google Docs, that's great. Uh, If it's a PDF, but I do think it's becoming ever so more important to have a medium that can be shared so you can look at your point of view and comment around it and to improve it. And I think that, like, I think we even run into that in some companies where people will use a tool that the rest of the company can't see or understand and access. And I think that becomes super important. And, you know, and writing. I'm not a writer. I will never advocate for myself to ever say that I'm the best writer but I think words have become super important. I think the time in which I thought that I would ever have to articulate a point of view through a lengthy email, I've always thought words are like, pictures paint many more words than words can possibly do, but I'm finding that you have to do both really well and become a great communicator. And so you'll, you'll see that communications is probably, anything that helps you communicate better is the tool that I think you would need. And in my experience, it's changed over time. I don't use Illustrator these days.
0: What do you think is going to change in the next five years on the web in context of design?
1: Um, you know, I recently read an article by, I think, ConnectGo from Microsoft, and I think even John Maeda has mentioned this. Um, I think that you're going to see, and I'm already seeing this, a separation from UX and UI, and more clarity of specialist in the industry. I think we're seeing a stage where there's a decline in consultancies because design is moving more in-house and again this goes in ebbs like there's there's peaks for each of these and then there's you know down points to these. Um, I do see that there is strategy um, and the need for strategy but with Agile there has been a change with that and we're still trying to figure out where strategy Design strategy, design thinking, UX—where does it fit in this agile, like, spectrum? Um, so I think that what that role was—it was something that you used to see it like the consultancies, like IDEO and Frog, where they'll take something that you work at and give somebody a point of view strategically. I think that we've kind of lost where it lives in our cycles, and I think people are trying to figure it out. Um, I think that a lot of it lands in what we now are defining as UX. So you'll see more specialists with more role clarification, um, more individual focus on what they're delivering every day. Um, So the strategy person being more UX focus. You're going to see more uh, people that have different types of skills, it's very special, where there'll be UX designers that are not even rendering screens, that they're painting a point of view of the end result or you'll see data, like more data UX scientists that are talking more about what people need theoretically that will purely be coded. And you're seeing this because the result is the graph, it's more awareness of what you need, what you want and predictability. And they're gonna need to be people that can work with developers really closely to understand how we can be more effective for people with this intelligence that we're trying to drive towards. How can I better help you be more efficient? How can I give you the documents that you need? How can I help you with your day? How do I know when you need your next you know, pill or whatever it might be? Instead of you doing all the work, there's going to be machine learning that has to learn from your behavior and, be, and recommend the right things at the right time. And that doesn't happen magically. That has to be some person. And whether it's a designer or an information artist uh, or whatever you want to call it, and we can call it UX, but I think that that speciality will change because you're going to see more like use of different technologies, like um, sensing technologies, voice technologies, uh, you know, even more sensors that do more things and triangulate. Like, how does the designer um, understand four or five different variables and tri- multi-angulate, triangulate, whatever the word is, and find that? that point in which is the most important for a person. So I think that's something that we probably could see more of. Um, I think design is always going to change visually. Um, You're going to see ups and downs as far as styles, whether we go from, you know, super realistic to flat. I think that's just, you know, it goes in ebbs and flows. Um, I think that you're going to see a requirement for designers to design across platforms, I already see that, see that at SoundCloud, like there, about six or seven years ago, you used to need to find designers for a particular platform, like ah, I need to hire a mobile designer. And I don't think that we live in a day and age anymore that's like that, I think that if you're a designer, you as a UX designer, and you actually render something, you need to be able to render across the entire experience. Um, I think these are some of the trends. I mean, I could go on and on, but I think these are some of the things. I think marketing and UX is definitely something that I see a more trend um, where designers are identifying people's needs and marketing is selling to people's needs. So why not sell somebody a need that they actually need to make their life better? I mean, those are some. I'm sure I have tons, but those are the top of mind. Okay, now
0: is my last question, so. Uh, what would be your advice for all the young UX designers out there who are only starting out but have big dreams? I would say just
1: the willingness to learn and grow aggressively. Um, I'm a big, strong believer that there is no one solution or no one problem and that sometimes it's even questioning the, the problem that's been proposed and be open to hearing that. I mean, you can see I'm a super collaborator and everything I do and Communication is key and I think that if you can understand people's needs and try to iterate and filter what you think is right, I think that you will be really successful. I mean, I think that it's super important for designers to be fun to work with or smart to work with and great collaborators because I think that especially now that people are becoming more specialist, you can't do it all and you're going to have a dependency with other people.
0: Okay, that's all for today. Thank you so much Pratna for your time and advice. Okay, no problem. Okay, so next time we'll chat with Lalit Mangal, co-founder of Commonflow.com on starting a startup. Come back and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite artist's feed or iTunes. To stay updated with all the latest happenings, you can follow me on Twitter. You'll find the link in show notes. So that's all for today. Goodbye till next time.